Thanks for listening to the Church at Severn Run Messages podcast. You can find more information about the church at severnrun.com. Enjoy the message. Father, this is our prayer. That you would be glorified in our lives, freely given, surrendered, our arrogance crucified, and our humility lived. Our egos dying, your life in us coming ever more alive and to the front. God, I ask in the name of Jesus today that you would help faith rise in our hearts, that we would not come into your presence today faithless, unbelieving, thinking you can't change us, that you, you aren't real, that you won't work. God, you are alive, you are God. And Father, in your name, we declare the victory. We declare freedom. And thank you, Father, for a way forward. I pray that as we hear your word today, that you would help us to combine it with faith, that we would seize upon it, God, that there would, um, there would just be nothing wishy-washy in, in our hearts, our minds, God, that we would seize your word, that we would take hold of it, and God, that it would grow deep down inside of us. So give us faith to hear, give us clarity, give us focus. May you be glorified as a result of the change that comes from today. We pray all this in Jesus' name as all God's people say, amen. Well, good morning, everyone. Jesus was extraordinary. He lived an amazing life. There was nothing ordinary about him. And his life was surprising. It was astonishing. And I want to remind you that God's son has actually been on planet earth. And that God's son actually still is on planet earth in the life of every given heart. Today I want to talk to you about the grace of a life fearing God. And those two concepts might seem, not seem like they go together. Grace and fearing, but they do. And I pray at the end of the service that you will be able to put that together in a new way in your life that gives your faith energy, new power, and change. Proverbs 1 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord, the fear of the I am. Anytime you see Lord capitalized, you know, it it is the proper name of God, the four letters, the tetragrammaton, the I am. It is the name of God personally revealed and and it is the sense of his presence that is awesome uh, as the Israelites experienced it on the mountain. And we, when we grasp that name and the awesomeness of the one who is, There is a response of humility, of fear. And this place of yielding, this place of of kneeling, this place of I'm not going to go against that is the beginning of knowledge. It's it's the starting place of where we learn. But the scripture says a fool, um, no, the fool in their arrogance is going to despise, reject anybody having anything to teach me. A fool is going to not realize they have anything to learn from from anyone. And I want to share with you this morning that the fear of the Lord is the first fear and the last. And that if you fear God, all your other fears are going to, they're going to (laughs) shrink. 
So this is why you and I need to embrace the fear of the Lord because when we embrace the fear of the Lord, every other fear is right-sized. Every other fear is revealed for the lie that, that it is. He or she who fears God need fear no man, no other thing. And so instead of running from the fear of God, we need to run towards the fear of God. We need to realize that, that to fear God is to be increasingly incapable of fearing anything less than God. And as our faith grows, we move from this place of being uh, afraid of many, many things as we fear God, the more we fear him, the less I'm able to fear anything else because it's like, what is this? It's nothing compared to God, you know? It's not God. And, and this thing over here, it's lying about God. It's lying against God. So why would I listen? And this is what the rise of faith does in our lives. Matthew 10, 28 puts it this way. And this is Jesus talking to a group of people, uh, disciples who, who will be killed uh, by men in the days to come. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one, capitalized, who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Again, I want you to put these words into context. Uh, most of the disciples were, were murdered uh, at, at some point along the way. And many of the hearers <laughs> later on in the next 30 years were, were persecuted. And it wasn't just the next 30. Even, even into the, you know, the beginning of the, of the second century AD, there was many persecutions that broke out. And the words of Jesus would echo in their hearts as they marched into uh, the, the arena to be mocked. Not every arena was this grand spectacle that we envision in Rome. In some of the smaller towns, it was just a dirty, uh, you know, stinking plaza in, in the center of town to where you were taken and, and you were going to be burned at the stake or, or something else. And what Jesus is saying, look them in the eye and be not afraid. Because the fear of God, the fear of the one who has the power of hell, it right-sizes this fear. So I, again, I want you to put in that context, you, you're to look in the eyes of the one who has the spear at your chest and say, uh-uh, you got nothing for me. The fear of the Lord isn't a contradiction of love, and that's often how we take it. You know, I, gosh, I thought God was, was loving and kind and, and intimate. He, oh, he is. But the fear of the Lord isn't the contradiction of love. It's an antidote to arrogance. And it's arrogance that keeps us from love. The fear of the Lord isn't a fear that moves us away from intimacy with God. The fear of the Lord is a fear that moves us away from intimacy with anything that is not God and everything that is evil. So that's what the fear of God is. It is, it is that fear which keeps you from setting yourself up against God, thinking that you can take on God and fearing everything that would keep you from God. You see, evil, uh, you know, is evil because it's, it's evil. And evil is entertainment we can laugh at and smile at, but real evil is always ugly. Real evil always has this, this life-destroying power to it. And, and real, evil, real evil is like the third rail. 
And when you fear God, you fear going against what God has said is wrong. When you fear God, you fear what will cost you God. The scripture says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. All right? If you and I choose in our hearts to to enjoy looking on things that are evil, we're free to do so, but we do so at the cost of God. And the fear of the Lord is this, you know, amazing, uh, right-sizing, you know, powerful reality that we need to learn to embrace and not run from. In Job 28, 28, uh, the, you know, the scripture, this is God speaking uh, uh, through Job, and he said to the human race, this is God speaking to all human beings who ever lived, um, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to shun or to move away from evil, that's understanding of life. So to fear God is a gift. To fear God is, is simply the same kind of common sense that says, I'm not going to stand in water and grab this live electrical wire. I'm not going to douse myself with gas and light a match. That's not smart. It's not wise. And the fear of the Lord is, is this wisdom inside of us that says, I'm going to go against what goes against God. And, and I'm telling you, the root of fear is this, this lie from hell. This, everything that isn't the fear of the Lord is another kind of fear. And, and the, the root of all fear, right? I want you to look in your life. The root of every kind of fear in your life and my life is, is one lying whisper. I have the power to destroy you if, and then fill in the blank. I have the power to destroy you if you're abandoned. I have the power to destroy you if you're not loved. So don't listen to God. Just go ahead and run after this guy. Go ahead and run after this girl because that's your only chance of love, the, the lie might say. I have the power to destroy you if you don't get this thing that you want. I have the power to destroy you if, and then you fill in the blank with an endless list, but it's all a lie. Because the only thing that can destroy us is the arrogance of dismissing God. The only thing that can destroy you and I is the arrogance of of turning away from God and maintaining distance from God. That's the only thing that can destroy you. All the rest, Jesus says, don't even fear the one who, who again, has the spear to your chest. They can't destroy you. Well, Jesus, it sure looks like they can, you know? (laughs) No, 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 no. That is not where your fear belongs. That fear will drive you from me. The fear of, of me, ironically, drives you to me. To fear the Lord is to fear anything that would keep you from the Lord. To fear the Lord is to be afraid of pitting your strength against God. It's just arrogance. And today, what we're moving towards is humility in in our actions that translates into how we treat one another. Hebrews 9.27 says, people are destined to die once and after that to face the judgment. So I want you to begin to get a sense of of the accountability of your living. 
I want you to begin to get a sense of that there's nothing hidden in our lives that's not going to be revealed. I want you to, to start living the moments in light of the reality that one day you're going to stand before God and all the tapes are going to be played and every word you and I have ever spoken is going to be revealed and, and we are accountable, we were accountable and here's the deal, if you know it beforehand you get to live a little better life. So don't any of us dare think that God doesn't see, that he isn't watching, and that we shouldn't live every single moment in light of that. Get ready one day for the video to roll. You see, a part of, of fearing the Lord is, is having the faith to see that judgment will come. But it also is seeing that grace has come. And so we live in that, that, that empowering, right-sizing, guiding truth, uh, parallel truth that, that the judgment, it's on its way and we need to live in light of that. But grace is already here to, to provide the, the way forward. So what I want you to do today is to live every moment in every relationship fully accountable to God. No more arrogance. In absolute humility. Uh, a, a, a real realization that I live against a backdrop and every moment of my relationships with people is lived against the backdrop of the, the watchful eye of God, the truth of God. It's not God being invasive, it's just the truth being revealed. And God sees us and he sees the grace or the gracelessness of how we, we treat people and, and, and so the real question, really, one of the greatest questions you can ask in every arena of your life is, what's the truth here? <laughs> and then move towards that. Genesis 16, 13 uh, says this, she, Hagar, uh, gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me, and I have now seen the one who sees me. And, and I wonder, can you see the God who sees you? Can you see that he sees you in love? Can, he, can you see that he, he sees you in, in compassion and mercy and grace and gratitude and joy and whimsy and life and freedom? Can you see that God sees you in pain and he sees you in sorrow and brokenness and, and that he has acted so gracefully and so kindly and so lovingly to draw you to himself? And, and all he wants you to do is, is to see what keeps you from him. He wants you to see him involved in life. He wants you to see him uh, suffused in life. He wants you to see him as, again, the backdrop for every conversation, every conversation you have, every thought you think, every choice that you make. God is the backdrop. And, the, and the, the simple truth is that you are accountable to him. We are not autonomous. We did not create ourselves. And our creator one day will, will usher us into his presence and the truth of, of our choices will be revealed. Judgment, judgment isn't God passing sentence. It, God's just revealing what is true. You know, think about, think about our court system. Would there be a need for a, a judge or jury if we could just roll tape? Seriously, 
You know, <laughs> you're arrested for some elaborate crime and, 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 and okay, we're just gonna push a button and, and there's the truth of what happened. There's no ifs, ands, or buts escaping around it. You know, well, I, no, here's the truth. And well, that wasn't what I meant. And then we could play another like interior tape to, to show what you were thinking and, and saying inside. It's just a matter of truth. And the the truth is we all need the love of God. We all need communion with Christ. We all need intimacy with God. We all need compassion and mercy and grace. We all need to to be led out of our broken. We all need to be healed. And, And it's the fear of God that keeps us away from everything that isn't what we really need. How does what you see of God change what you see about people? And how you speak of other broken people? Because you see, that's the connect we're trying to make here at the Church of Seven Run. That your relationship with Father changes every other relationship. And how you value the love of God changes how you value every other thing on earth. And, and, and it gives you a new love for all that he loves. That's the way it works. But if you call something inside of you that you believe faith and that thing does not change how you treat people, how you think of people, how you value people, how you judge people, then that thing you call faith isn't. It's nothing. In Mark chapter four, verses 21 through 25, he said to them, do you bring a lamp and put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it up on its stand? In other words, we're all accountable to courageously play the hand we've been dealt in life, right? That's our gifts and our circumstances. You are, you are courageously accountable to play the hand you've been dealt because God dealt the hand on purpose. It's no accident. And even the context of your life that, that you were born into, none of us chose the pigment of our skin. That's why I'm so astonished at the arrogance of human beings to, uh, to, to build their ego upon pigment. That is so insane. What did you have to do with anything? You didn't do jack. You, you made no choices about anything. You didn't decide the century you were born. I definitely did not decide to be born, uh, you know, with my, my haircut. <laughs> Thank you, Lanny. Thank you. And so, so faith plays the hand it's dealt. Trusting God, you know, is Lord of all and fearing nothing, no lack, no, no, um, no deficit of life, nothing missing. Father supplies all the missing parts. You courageously play the hand you were dealt. You use the gifts you were given to the glory of God. You don't live small, fly under the radar, and you don't live a do-nothing-for-God life. Here's the deal. In some form or fashion, every single one of us who believes in Jesus better get off our backside and get busy glorifying him in in some form or some fashion, serving somewhere, doing something. And that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, in this building. It means, again, as you've heard, start something. God put a vision in your heart, a compassion. He put a a healing in your heart that he's called you to take to other broken people. And and you think you can't do it. Well, in one sense you're right, in one sense you're wrong. You can't do it, but he can do it through you. So in Christ, you can do all things. 
And so you don't take a lamp. God made you a lamp and you don't fly under the radar. And, and, and so you don't, you know, complain about your gifts and, and complain about your context and complain about your circumstances and whine and say, I can't this and I can't that. I'm just going to crawl under the bed and pull, you know, the, the blanket over me and I'm just going to hide my life here in self-pity. No, <laughs> it's not what you do. You put it on its stand. That's what you need to do with your life. For whatever uh, is, is hidden is meant to be disclosed and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. Verse 22 teaches us that we're accountable for everything we choose to do or say. There are no secrets with God. Did I mention that? There's no secrets with God? We gotta live every moment in every relationship, accountable to God. Every moment, in every relationship. When you take this seriously, there is a humility that happens in your life and, and it changes you. It really, really does. I, I know from experience. When you start to fear God in context of relationship with people, you begin treating people differently. You begin to think about the outcome and the consequences of your words and your thoughts. And again, um, if I'm to be a good under-shepherd, Jesus is the shepherd. If I'm to be a good under-shepherd, I need to tell you what the word of God says. And in Matthew 12, 36 and 37, it, it, the word of God says, for I tell you that, that everyone will give an account of every empty word they have ever spoken. I want you to think about the concept of empty words. There's no grace in them. There's no love of God in them. There might have been your own ego. There might have been your own opinion. There might have been your own thought and your own wisdom. But, but a, a follower of God doesn't live according to their own wisdom. The, the beginning of real wisdom is to fear God. And so Jesus is saying, look, I'm, I'm giving you advance notice, right? This is a teacher saying, look, this will be on the test. Don't be surprised. <laughs> Every useless word you speak every word that does not advance the kingdom of God every word that does not serve my interest in the life of another every word that is from your broken every word that is from your empty every word that is from your insecure every useless word you're going to stand before me one day and I'm going to ask you why and you're going to tell me the truth and then verse 37 goes on to say for by your words you will be acquitted and by your words, you will be condemned. It's just roll tape time. That's all. And, and while we may be able to speak some passive aggressive things to people and say, oh, that was just a joke. Uh-uh, because the interior tape's gonna get rolled too. <laughs> and Father's gonna say, no, 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 no. Here's what you really meant. Here's the evil of your anger pouring out on your spouse. Here's, here's your fear and insecurity. Here's the jealousy you had of your coworker who got advanced before you. Um, when you were shaking their hand. Here's, here's what you really meant by what you said. For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. Verse 23, if anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. Well, you know, what did Jesus mean? Well, universally, all of us here have ears. But the irony is that many of us with ears don't hear and some of us with ears that can't hear do hear and, and it's an invitation to wisdom. 
And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of the wisdom. To say, you know what? I'm not gonna touch the third rail. You know what? I'm not gonna pit my pitiful power against the all almighty, omnipotent power of God. I'm gonna listen to him and align my life with him and I'm gonna live every moment in every relationship accountable with God. Believe me, I've, I've struggled all my life. I just wanna struggle successfully. I feel like I've had to fight all my life, but everybody does. So, you know, find your fight and stay in the fight. Don't quit. But even when Marsha and I were, were, were dating, um, coming across these scriptures, I realized this is God's daughter. I'm accountable for how I treat her and, and the other people I date. Not that there was thousands. <laughs> Merely hundreds. <laughs> Would you believe tens? <laughs> Five? And how I treat this person uh, is gonna be a conversation one day I'm gonna have with God. What I say about them, how I value them, how I care for them, this is God's daughter. And, and I, by God better, well, take that into to account. So if you have ears to hear today, hear what God is saying and let it rearrange your relationships. Let it reorder your speaking. Consider carefully what, what you hear. Jesus is saying, I really want you to think about what I'm, what I'm saying to you. Um, with what measure you use, it will be measured to you and even more, okay? So this is a generative thing. In whatever direction you go, you're gonna go faster, all right? Um, you know, you go down, then you're gonna go down faster over time. You go up, then you're gonna go up more over time. It's generative, Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken away from them. The more grace we give, the more grace we're given. The more judgment we pass, the more judgment will be passed on us as God passes us by. So it's really simple. You want to judge people according to race? You're going to go against God. And I'm not even going to say good luck with that because... It ain't gonna, gonna happen. You wanna look down on other people based on education or income or whether they're immigrants or not, good luck with that. And here's, I, I would wanna say this about immigration. You know, do we need good immigration policy? Duh. We need good policy on everything that orders our social relationships in life. But a little humility might be in order if you're in other people's circumstances. Okay? And any of us that's from here. And, and, and basic compassion, not to be so quick to judge because I got mine. The more grace we give, the more grace we're given. The more judgment we pass, the more God passes us by. Live every moment, in every relationship, accountable to God. What I want you to do I want you and I to repent. All repentance is, it's not just some abstract, you know, religious word. All repentance is means I'm, I'm gonna change. I'm gonna think new about. It means that I'm gonna have a change of, of action. It means that, that, that my life is gonna be engaged in a new way. And I want you to humble yourself before God in, in life-changing brokenness. 
James 4, 6 says this. This is another reason for humility. Here's a great argument for humility. Ready? All right? This means yes. This means no. Everybody ready? (laughs) God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Oh my gosh. Of all the enemies you don't want to have, it is God Almighty, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the creator of the universe, of all the people you don't want to pit your pitiful power against, it's him. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So I want to challenge you in the name of Jesus to a brand new humility in your your dealing with other human beings. Nothing but grace, nothing but kindness, nothing but the joy and love and gentleness of God We're not talking about being false or fake. We're talking about being true to Jesus. Restart. Trust the power and ability, the goodness and grace of God to begin his next from your now. That's the glory of grace. Your now is a place, no matter how bad your now is, God can bring about his next by his power. All you have to do is offer it to him. For some of us, this begins with, with, with giving our lives to Jesus. And if you've never given your life to Jesus, we can unpack that language for you. It means that you don't keep it for yourself. You literally give it to him. He's in charge. He's in control. But for all of us, we need a restart. Let Jesus be the only issue of your life. But they did this. No, 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 it's Jesus. But they did this. No, no, no. What did you do against Jesus? Why did he have to die on the cross? See, nobody has sinned against you more than you sinned against Jesus. And if he forgave you of your sin, with what measure you use, it will be used to you. You get to choose your own judgment. I've shared this with you before. If mama tells me to go out and pick up a a switch that I'm going to get whipped by as an eight-year-old, I'm getting the tallest blade of grass there is. (laughs) And by how you treat people, maybe you think they're less than you, but mm, mm, that was your now, but that can't be your next. Because here's what I want you to do. I want you to begin treating everyone with the infinite value of Jesus. The infinite value of Jesus. How much do you value Jesus? (laughs) Well, that... That's got to rain down on how you value people around you. There's nobody useless. There's nobody worthless. People aren't projects. People are the, the image bearers of God. And so I'm asking you today to come to Jesus in a new way. To lay down your arrogance in, in, in brokenness. Let your broken be made into a beautiful brokenness. And in the fear of God, give grace to people. Will you repent? Today, in the next few moments, will you, will you yield and begin fearing God? I mean, no, really fearing God. If, if, if your fear, fear of the Lord does not change your actions in life, then you're not fearing God. Will you repent and fear God? And will you let grace give you a new next? Man, I'm looking forward to seeing how God is going to change our world through our response to God's word today. So Father God, in 
your son's name, we want to declare to you that we will bend the knee to you, that we fear you more than anything else in life, that we yield to you, we want communion with you, and we will not, we will not participate in anything that is against you. And we will live our lives knowing we are accountable. And we will live our lives knowing we are empowered by Jesus to be Jesus to the people around us. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would go out among this congregation, that you would work in each of our hearts, and God, that there would just be beautiful, eternal fruit that happens from the choices that are made next. Amen. If you enjoyed today's message, feel free to share it with your friends. And as we like to say, love well, live Jesus, and believe big. Thank you.